Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Two friends, two entrepreneurs are sitting together having a meal. And one of them tells the other his goals. And he tells him what he wants to achieve and what he's looking to accomplish, both in his business and his personal life. And the other guy says to him, man, I don't think that's reasonable. I think it's a bit of an unreasonable expectation. And it's a very common situation. This is obviously a made-up story, but it's a very common one, where you have somebody telling somebody else that what they want is unreasonable. Now, usually what happens is that somebody will listen to that and be like, oh, maybe I do need to change what I want. Maybe I need to be more reasonable. But the reality is that the reason most people think that something is unreasonable is because they also have their own fears and insecurities they're projecting onto your situation. Yes, it is unreasonable perhaps to achieve certain things if you're weighed down by such immense insecurities, by fears, and by self-doubt. So every time you're trying to do something, that is also there in the background. So yes, it is perhaps unreasonable to accomplish all that if you have that dragging you back. But what happens is when some people don't have that and they're being told by other people that what they want is unreasonable, it causes them to doubt themselves. And it's something that I see way too often. And that's what we really want to talk about today. How you can achieve what most people will think is unreasonable. And why, if you're not doing things that most people think is unreasonable, there's probably a problem with how you're living your life, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you mentioned one conversation there. Actually, it's society at large will have this feeling of unreasonableness and what is acceptable and what isn't and that permeates into people as kind of a narrative as to what they can and can't do so as you say you know average by definition is what most people are therefore yeah. if you are being held but if you're what you are doing seems unreasonable that's probably a good indicator flag or marker to head towards it yeah and on an individual level when you have these individual conversations then another motivation for people to, to drag you down is because um, they, they fear that if you get better, then they'll have to do something about themselves and the ego doesn't like that. Yeah, I think even if you get to go deeper than that, you're challenging a foundational worldview of what they think is reasonable and unreasonable to them. Yeah. And like, that's the real stuff that why people get so defensive and something's get so aggressive about this. Like, no, you're being unreasonable. Mm -hmm. What they're really saying, and they, without recognizing it, they're like, you're challenging me here in a way that I am not comfortable with. Yeah. Because what I think is reasonable for me yeah. is not what you just said. Yeah. So either you're very wrong or you're pointing out something that I don't like to hear right now. Yeah. And that's really the big thing about it. Yeah. And I might actually have to do some work and then I risk failure and that would be bad. And this is all subconscious. I feel, I don't think this happens at a necessarily at a conscious level. Um, yeah. A really classic example is when someone goes on a diet and tries to lose a bit of weight, everyone's like, no, you don't need to lose weight. You look fine. Everything's okay. You, you know, and yeah. that's subconsciously dragging people down because they don't want to have to do anything about their own health. It's just super common, super, super common. Yeah. I think it's just it's like people will, people don't like having their beliefs challenged. Most people don't, unless they're very, very intentional about it. And when you say like, this is where I'm going to, you call your shot, so to speak, I'm going big. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And for them, it seems unreasonable like that. They can't do it. They immediately like get defensive about it. Cause they're like, what does this mean about me? If this person is doing that. And I think what I've seen is that what it probably means about most people 
is that they haven't done the work to clear the debris that's causing them to not be able to do that. It's like when we look at entrepreneurship, really about really clarify what creates a really good entrepreneur, someone who's able to identify problems really, really well, and then solve the correct problems and do it in a way that's pretty audacious. Those are three things. If you do those well, you'll grow. Now, if you have two people, one who that's all he needs to worry about, and then you have another person who also has to worry about his own self-doubt and insecurities and how he puts his projection of sense of self onto each and every problem in the business, what he will be able to achieve will be far less than the other person. So the other person, what he's going to be able to achieve is going to seem unreasonable to that guy. And he's going to label him as unreasonable. And if he tells him what he wants to achieve, that's going to make this other guy mad because he's going to feel to him like unreasonable. Like, why can he do it? Why can't I do it? And you get defensive. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think it manifests as discomfort, as anxiety, as stress, as resent, as multiple things. Maybe not yeah. anger. I've seen people mock other people sometimes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a defensive oh. mechanism. Co yeah, comedy, joking, self-deprecation. Yeah. Red exactly. And, like, and that's the thing. So it's like, it, it, I think anger people mock. That's how they saw a lot of times it comes out. That's what I mean by that. Like people mock each other because it's like, it's just their stuff, but they're trying to project it onto you. They're, they're not, like how you said, aware enough to be able to say, you know what? Something here is poking me. I don't like it. I need to work on myself. The easier route is to just kind of dismiss it. And a way to dismiss it is by mocking it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So that was a little tangent I wanted to open the pod with. And what we really want to do today is I want to share the framework that I've found that helps people really become unreasonable and achieve unreasonable things. But most people think is completely unreasonable. And what I mean by that is not just being able to tunnel and only do one thing and be singular focused and succeed in that, but really have this kind of life that seems unreasonable to a lot of people. And to call their shot and additionally say, this is what I want, and to actually go for it and succeed. And it's going to be kind of a six part, it's called a six pillars to this kind of process. And that's what I really want to share today and give you guys really the concrete framework of how you can achieve something that most people will think is really unreasonable. Sound good? Just yeah, no, this sounds great. And I just want to recap for my own benefit. So the three things that you mentioned that people need or be, to be a good entrepreneur, to be audacious. So just... again, there's a lot of things, but I think when I was talking about how, if you're weighed down by personal, like, so you need to be audacious. You have to have an audacious goal, like to really do something big. That's just, that's a prerequisite. Yeah. Then you have to like, logically, you have to be really capable of identifying the problem correctly, yeah. what needs to be yeah. resolved. And then you have to know the correct solution to it and you have to be able to execute. Now, all three of those things are going to get really, you're going to get really, really um, compromised. If you also have all this internal baggage that you're projecting onto every decision you make in the business. Well, if we make this mistake or if we do this or if we do that, will that mean about me? Will people judge me? Am I good enough? All that kind of stuff. And so going for the big things that are going to stretch you and will by definition cause you to slip up a little bit here or there. That seems unreasonable because you can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So having been through this process before myself, you know, having these th three things is like the rocket ship. And then what you're going to describe now is like taking the weight, the ballast off to make it easier to, 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 to take off and to keep moving. No, we're going to go beyond that. Like we did that in the, one of the previous episodes. What I want to do today is give a whole arc. Like how do you do that from start to finish? Yeah, yeah. How do you become that individual that can achieve what most people think is unreasonable? What's the process to take from step from step one to step six? And you're going to kind of have to rinse, repeat as you go up and up in like levels of the game. But this is like a framework that if you keep using, you will keep going up and up and up. And this is what I've seen. This is what I've seen works.
And I think it's worth just highlighting that bit as well is this isn't a six step thing that you do once and forget about because you're yeah. at a certain level. One is at a certain level right now. So the first cycle will take you to here and then there's new baggage, new problems, new things on surface. So then you do another cycle, you get to the next level and it keeps going up. Um, so yeah. this is an ongoing thing, but each time you're rising to a higher level. Yeah. And, and you'll see, as we talk about it, it's, it's not just a baggage, it's even something as simple as goals. Like I said, it's cycles. I call it seasons. It's like, you're going to have a certain goal for a certain season. You're going to reach that goal. And we're going to talk about like the six step process that can help you reach that goal. But once you reach it, you're going to have to readjust. You're going to have to have a new goal. I mean, you don't have to, but you will probably want to have a new goal yeah, yeah. and then everything's going to have to adjust it as well. Everything kind of yeah. grows with that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Great. So first thing you got to do, if you want to have something unreasonable, you got to clarify what that is. You got to set your target. Like if you don't have a target, you're not going to hit it. You got to get clear on what your end goal is and what you want. And I'm saying that not from a, a place to inspire you or for it to be like very kind of like fluffy and woo and get a vision board, but to say, this is what I'm trying to do. So if this is what I'm trying to do, I can now start to understand how I need to be who I need to become that could achieve this kind of thing. And what you want to do, like how we're talking about cycles and seasons, you want to get clear on what the end goal is, but also like what's the actual target for the next season, for the next cycle, for the next six months, what do you want to accomplish? Because if you have that very clear, you can start distilling who do I need to change into and evolve into in order to accomplish that. Is this making sense? Phase one. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. And what I would just add in there is that your first iteration of what you want to achieve will be different from your second and third and fourth iteration, not just because you're hitting goals, but because you are able to see the potential as being much, much bigger. Yeah. We're, we're going to, we're going to get to that is you're going to see how it all wraps together nicely. That's phase six. We're going to talk about that, but there's a reason it all flows together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So that's phase one. You first got to identify like what the end goal is, what the seasonal goal is, and then set as a standard, what you need to do and who you need to become. What is this kind of person that would make achieving this goal of yours and the end goal kind of inevitable? Because honestly, external success is just a downstream effect of who you are internally. So if you can figure out who internally you need to be, that success will come. Might take longer, might be a little shorter, but it will come. It's a downstream effect. So after you have that wrapped up, you got to figure out your effective mindset. Now we've kind of talked about this before a little bit. There's no such thing as really the good or a bad mindset. There's just a mindset that's effective in getting you towards a specific goal and an ineffective mindset of getting you towards that specific goal. Like when you do a gap analysis and you say, this is where this person currently is. This is where he wants to get to. Like him specifically, this is where he is. This is where he wants to get to. And you got to figure out what's going to be the effective mindset that's going to be the bridge to help him cross that divide. What does he need to focus on? How does he need to behave? Is this making sense so far? Yeah. And that's step two, right? That is step two. Okay. We first so figure out the one, goal. Now yeah. we got to figure out this is kind of like the operating system, the internal yeah. operating system he has. How do these think? What does he do? So, so and, the, the goal, who you have to be to reach that goal is the kind of one and the same, but then the mindset that that person who you need to be to reach that goal is then step two. Yeah. Step two is how you actually break that down. Yeah. Like not just like a high level say, like, oh, I need to be someone who's really audacious, someone who's courageous, someone who delegates, whatever it may be, but this is how you really break it down. And you've been through the arena. The way we do it is pretty simple. 
If we say, okay, if this is the kind of person, this is the standard you're trying to meet, what are the top three values that you should hold? And what we absolutely do not ask ever is what are your top values? We don't do that. Because what we're trying to say here is, again, we're always trying to force an evolution, an internal revolution where you can grow. And asking somebody what are their top values, it's like it, it's a nice question. It's a fluffy question because it makes everybody feel really aligned. But it doesn't actually push the envelope. It doesn't say, okay, how can you grow here? Because we're saying there's a gap here. Like we said, we did a gap analysis. There's a gap. What values are you missing in order to evolve from the person you are today into the person you need to become to achieve what you want? That that's the key difference I feel because when people identify their values, they kind of see things which either they have or they would like to have. And it's like, yeah, integrity, blah, 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 whatever. They find these lists and pick out words, which make them feel warm mm -hmm. and fuzzy inside. But this seems specifically, okay, I've got a goal. I need to get to it. What is missing for me to get yeah. to that? What, what do I need to embody every day yeah. to get to, to this? So the values are actually your your weaknesses or your gaps. And those are the things that you need yes. to focus on. Yes. And it, it's like, you're saying it's hyper-intentional. It's hyper-intentional for this is where I currently am. This is what I'm getting the next season. Like, for example, one of my values that I do this for myself as well. One of my values for this past quarter, after I was really burnt out, I had a lot of traveling, I had COVID, I got long COVID. It was really bad. One of my primary values was recovery. That was my values. One thing I say, I need to value recovery. I need to be disciplined about this. It's not my natural tendency to take a step back, but right now what will serve me in getting me to the next level is to recover and go slow so I can really go fast later. Yeah. So it's like, it's all about understanding that and putting into perspective, like, what do you need right now to get to the next level? Not just like, what is a nice value to have as a general question? Yeah. And as is kind of obvious, these will change over time. These will change with seasons, with goals. Um, and that's okay. It, it's. I want to say like beyond that, it's okay. It's like, if it's, if it's they're not changing, required. there's it's a problem. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. like the season, let's just also to clarify, I like to view these seasons in six months periods. Every six months, you should kind of do this framework again and figure out, okay, where do I need to go? What things need to change? Because things will need to change as you evolve. That's just, it's just what it is. So is phase number two clear, the effective mindset? Phase number two is clear. And I think I might be jumping the gun somewhat, but just values are great, but they need to be associated with actions. Yes. Oh, sorry. We didn't clarify that. So after you figure out the values, you got to distill rules and you got to figure out, okay, what specific rules would enforce these values? So for example, if my value is recovery, one of a very clear rule I have to have is that I finish working by four. I can't play around with that. Another very simple rule I need to have is that I go to the beach every other day with my dog and we go for a long walk because that helps me unwind. These are rules. I say, if I follow these rules, it's very hard to argue that I'm living this value. Yeah. And like you saw, it's like, they're very tangible things. The things that I can measure, they have a quantitative measure to them. It's not just like, oh, I try to take it a bit easier because that doesn't help anybody. That's you bullshit. can always BS yourself. Yeah, exactly. So that's really the big thing. Is this making sense? Yeah. And just to double, double, double emphasize that they have to be real world, real time, actionable things like where in the last week did you compromise this value of recovery and how can you fix it this next week? And for you stopping work at four o'clock, 
boom. And every time you yeah. don't do that, you're compromising your core value. So no shit, you don't reach your goal. It's a yeah. brutal and whatever measure of what you want to achieve. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's clear. Yeah. It's like, the point of having an effective mindset and getting this stuff really clear is that in order, like evolution isn't easy, but when it's complicated and it's vague, it becomes infinitely harder. So if you can create clarity and really simplify, what are the things that you need to do? You can just say, if I live by these nine rules for the next six months, I'm going to evolve. Again, it won't necessarily be easy, but it'll be infinitely simpler. And that simplicity does add a measure of ease into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. And I think finally, kind of what we're getting into this is that you also have to have a system to track this. You have to be able to measure it. Like these are not, this is not something you do once and then you forget it. This is something that you keep doing consistently in order to track your progress. And also in order to keep aware of this, keep a certain level of awareness. Like what we'd like to do is once a week, people have this tracker where we figure out all their rules or values. And once a week we go in like, how are you doing? One to 10. And it serves two purposes. One, to really debrief and see why is this not happening? What's going on here, which we're going to get into in a little bit. And also like just to keep them top of mind. There's something you're trying to optimize for. Don't forget. We know you have your natural tendencies. We're trying to build new tendencies that get you to the next level. So you need to be aware of these. These need to be top of mind. Yeah. Does that make sense? The, the, the other thing to add there as well is that, you know, this all seems very straightforward up till now, and it is straightforward. But when you define these rules, that also feels warm and glowy inside. The crunch point is when it gets to four o'clock and you're like, uh, just one more email, just one more call, but it's really important, blah, blah, bullshit. That's when you have to have the, the oomph, the courage, the whatever it is to draw a line despite the, the consequences, because this is what you have yeah. defined. Yep. Um, and for me, that was one of the biggest game changers just this concept of courage. I mean, courage doesn't mean anything. Courage is this fluffy, horrible word that everyone throws around. What is courage? Courage is taking the action in the moment when you've got a difficult decision and taking the hard choice, right? Yeah. So hard choice, easy life, easy choice, hard life. And that's, that's literally it. And for me, once it was broken down to that level of granularity, I was like, so that is how I improve my life. I wait for yeah. these little difficult decisions to come up and I take the appropriate action, however difficult it is. And I think the beauty of it, what you saw is that it made it easy for you to take the hard choices because you <laughs> at least knew what they were. Like, this is what I mean by that though. It's like, it, it's, it's so, when something's difficult, it's so easy to BS ourselves out of it. It's so easy because we can always justify it somehow. Like we've talked about this in previous podcasts. We can always tell this kind of, some kind of story to ourselves and bullshit our way out of it. But because you've done the work ahead of time and really clearly defined that, you know, actually, no, I know this is what I should be doing. Yeah. I know this is the right thing. I know that in hindsight, I'll be happy that I did this. Be proud that I did this. Yeah. And, you know, to add the, another layer there, when you don't do it, there isn't the time to beat yourself up, to call yourself, you know, names or whatever. It's a point at which you reflect, okay, why was this week my keeping to the value of six out of 10? Okay. Because yeah. these were the decisions that I didn't hit. Why did that happen? What can I adjust for the week going forward? If you were perfect the first time you iterated, you would be superhuman. So we're not, I mean, we're not expecting perfection, but iteration is the key here. So, okay, that was awful. No shit. It was the first time you did it. How can you improve it next time? And that improvement is what's going to change the game rather than being perfect and then beating yourself up when you're not. Yeah. So I kind of disagree. Oh, hit me. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. I think that iteration is 
not the optimal way to do it. I think the reason, so I think the reason, and we're going to go into this phase number three is basically clearing up any emotional issues that could be getting in your way from acting out on them. So in phase one, we clarified the end goal. Phase two, we clarified, like, how do you need to conduct yourself in order to get to that end goal? If you were a machine, if you were a robot, that's all you needed. Target programming, good. But the reality is we're all humans. And we do have our emotions. We have our doubts. We have all the things that make us say sometimes other people are unreasonable, whatever it may be. We have all that stuff that gets in our way. So if you don't clear that out, that's usually the primary reason you're not able to live out on these new values, these new rules, because you might want to say like, for example, for me, I knew recovery was a big thing. I knew I had to take Bo out for a walk every other day, but I also still had an insecurity that if I don't work hard, I'm not going to be able to achieve success because that one time in the military, I quit. Like that still rings in there. So that's something that I have to be aware of because that's what can pull me in the wrong direction. And beyond just trying to reiterate and trying to say, okay, I didn't do this. Why didn't I do this? That really helps me get to the core of it. And to also know that like every day at nine, when I want to take both for a walk, I'm going to have that voice in my head. It's going to tell me, Edomar, you need to work hard. Otherwise you're going to fail and you're going to suffer. Because in knowing that and the ability to anticipate that, it makes it so much more doable. It's like being able to like, no, okay, you're going to go into an ice bath instead of just getting a bucket of ice water, like throwing to your face first thing in the morning. Is that difference? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And you, you, you know, you said it yourself, it's going to make it so much easier. And yeah. what you've described is multiple ways of making it as easy as possible. The reality Which is again, it's still fucking hard. Exactly. We're just, we're, <laughs> success is hard. And that's the thing. It's like yeah. really climbing a mountaintop and like yeah. getting what you want in life and doing things that are reasonable. Yeah. It's still hard. There's no need to bullshit about that, yeah. but you want to make as much effort as possible to make it as easy as possible. And again, removing that way, getting clear on where you're going, all that thing. These are things that give you the best possible opportunity yeah. to achieve something that is difficult. Yeah. Without, fair? without this system, it's impossible. It's, it, it's literally impossible. I don't want to say that. I mean, people have achieved it. <laughs> no, no, no. But to make it. I'm not saying your this system is, is unique and, and yeah. special, but and it's, you know, a, a variation on this system of, of you know, yeah. setting goals, living to certain values, you know, whatever, however you want to yes. word it. Like yeah. if you, if you have a fluffy goal, you're never going to achieve it. You're not going to stumble by accident to success. Exactly. Yeah. So this is, this system makes it as easy as possible to reach the goal. Yeah. It's still difficult because success and doing unreasonable things by definition is difficult. Yeah. And I think all I'm saying, and we're saying the same thing is on that off chance that we human and stumble and are not 10 out of 10, all I'm saying is how do I do better next time? Yeah. There's yeah. no, you know, so let's, let's go forward and then we're going to go back to this and it's going to sink in together really well. Let's do it. Okay. So phase number three, let's get into phase number three. Phase number three is mental black awareness, mental and emotional black awareness. Like how we said, I know I have these insecurities. I have these issues. It's first bringing awareness to them and flushing them out. And we've, we've done previous episodes on this, so we're not going to get into it too much. And then phase number four is we also have that resolution, the toolkit that we give you and how you can figure out like, okay. This is what happened in the past. This is how I think. Is it true? Is it not? Can I let go of this? And how can I also catch this as it comes up? If there are situations that I'm not prepared for. Now, what you want to do, we said like you have to have a system, how we use a tracker. On the left-hand side, you have your values that boil down into rules. And you give yourself a 1 to 10 of them. On the right-hand side, you have your insecurities or your primary biases that pull you in the wrong direction. The top three of them. And you say on 1 to 10, how much have these been affecting me? Because if, for example, you're doing really well on the tracker, 
but these are still like flaring up. They're really, really affecting your insecurities and your doubts. You need to focus on them. If they're not affecting you anymore, but still something with your tracker is like you're doing everything well, but you're not achieving the results you want. Something in your tracker has got to change. And it's a really good way to understand, like, as long as these two things are working and your goals are being achieved, you're on the right path. But if something is just completely out of whack, that's what you can give focus on. Because in theory, if you have these two things locked in, you know exactly what you should be doing and you're doing it correctly. And none of your internal stuff is pulling you in the wrong direction. You should be really streamlining towards your goal. And I think always seeing that front and center, it really gives you that clarity. Like, okay, this is what I'm anticipating. Like we said, it's going to make it easier because I know I'm going to anticipate these kind of pulls against me. And this is also what I know I should be focusing on. Keep my eyes on the prize and let's go for it. Yeah, I can't remember what you called them in the in the arena when I did it, but it was um, you almost have these programs, these pre-programs for when you get into a situation, how you how you overcome, yeah. you know, when this happens, then I will. Yeah, do the this. mental models, mental models, the mental models. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we had mental models and we had indicators. So mental models, what Emil is saying is that there are some really high impact events that you want to prepare for. Like maybe like once a week, you have the big staff meeting that you're nervous about. You have to fire this employee. You have to hire this employee. You have to have that tough conversation with your spouse or like, honestly, even with yourself, sometimes those are things that you can prepare ahead of time. And you can say, I know when I'm going to have this, I'm going to have a bit of a flare up emotionally because I have this kind of insecurity, this kind of fear, this kind of doubt around it. And when that happens, I'm going to behave in a certain way because I know that I shouldn't live by that. That was false. This insecurity shouldn't hold me like that. And then what we also have is indicators. Indicators is a way for you to know when your emotions are starting to flare when you're getting away from a logical place and more towards an emotional place, it's not serving you. So for example, some people, you know, clench their jaw. Some people have a tense stomach all of a sudden. Some people have certain thoughts that go on in their head. Some people just feel a certain way. They feel really anxious. They feel really scared. They feel really nervous. They feel really excited, even like in a weird way. So knowing those kind of things, you can also catch them in the moment. You say, oh, if I'm having this thought right now, I need to take a step back and catch my breath for a sec. Because that probably means I'm getting emotional. I'm not doing logical things and it's going to steer me away from what I know I should be doing in order to evolve to the next place I want to evolve to. Yeah. Is that clicking? Yeah. yeah bringing yeah. it in together well? No, for sure. So it, it's a couple of ways of identifying when the effective mindset could potentially it's fail. Failing. Exactly. And it's either through, yeah. you know, situations which have caused it in the past and then you kind of preempt it with a program, with a, with a mental yes. model or if it's happening on the fly, you know, mm, when I clench my jaw or when I pace, then I'm agitated and, and emotional and I need to stop myself, bring myself to the moment, bring awareness to what's going on and see if I can figure something out on the fly. Yeah. Or even just pause the situation. Yeah. Like that's an interesting thing. Like we don't always, even if I'm having a tough conversation, let's say with my spouse and I recognize that I'm getting emotional, there's nothing wrong with me saying, Hey hon, you know what? I think I'm getting a bit heated here. Do you mind if we can take a break for a second? Because I don't want to put anything on you that is not fair to you. Like, it's not that I know it's okay. I think that would be appreciated from the other side. And I, to kind of summarize what you summarized for me, one is a way to be proactive and one is a way to still be effectively reactive. Yeah. Fair? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Great. So we have phase one, clarify what you want. Two, create the effective mindset. Three, be aware of what mental blocks you have. Four, resolve them as best as you can, and at least know how to be effectively reactive. And then we move on to phase number five, phase number five, after you've done all this, like, again, things are pretty good, but you can't take everybody with you to the mountaintop. 
there's a, a quote I love by Colin Chapman. He's the founder of the F1 Lotus team. And he said, to add, uh, add quickness, create lightness. Power makes you faster on the straights, but lightness makes you faster everywhere. And basically, this is the whole module that we did about addition by subtraction. Like, there's all this stuff we've built up in our lives that is weighing us down. Some of it is external stuff, like let's say like certain people that we have around us, certain things in our environment, and some of it is internal stuff. It's the habits that we form, the stories or excuses that we tell ourselves, certain identities or labels that we put on ourselves, like, oh, I'm an introvert. Oh, I'm not good at this. Oh, I can't do that. And we got to figure out what of that do we need to eliminate? We need to throw away because it doesn't serve us. And it's something that we have to get rid of. Yeah, cut loose the weight, the extra weight, the baggage. Yeah. Mental and physical. And, yeah, and I think this one is a really hard one for people, this part of the process. Because all of a sudden, it's not about just putting on more stuff. It's about really aggressively removing something. And the way I say, like, we, we see this a lot with entrepreneurship. It's like, instead of cutting the project that doesn't work, it's much more tempting to try to throw a bunch of different things at it. Instead of just something this doesn't work. And especially also when you get into human connections, when a lot of people have these back at friend, back at home friends or first day of school friends, these are people that you've known for a long time, not because you were intentional about saying, these are people that I really value either because I really have a great time with them. And they lift me up or because we just, it, they're good for me. They're just people that we happen to know and we grew up with them or we were like next to them when we just started our entrepreneurial journey or whatever it may be. And we're still with them even though they don't, they do the opposite of lift us up. And I think for a lot of people saying, I need to cut these people out of my life in order to make room for people that can lift me more and can be a more positive influence for me is not something they give themselves permission to do. And for me, the biggest thing that's been helpful to help what I've seen help a lot of people is coming at this from a place of humility. I am not an asshole because I'm telling, oh, I don't want to be with this person in my life anymore. I don't want them in here anymore. I'm going to cut them off. It's not that I'm being an asshole. It's that I'm deciding to embrace humility and accept the fact that if I have this gap here that I'm trying to bridge and I want to climb this mountaintop, I'm not Superman. I can't put everybody on my back and expect to take them with me, especially if they don't even want to go, especially if they don't want to go. And it doesn't also have to be forever. Maybe I can get to that mountaintop and then I can really see who wants to come and I can help them come with me. I can bring them up then. And I think embracing that humility is what gives most people the permission to cut things off that they need to cut off. Yeah. That's, well, that was a huge one for, for me in particular. And, and one experience which I found helpful was, you know, there's, there's people that you know aren't serving your goal and you don't want to let go and it takes an extended period of time to let them go. Eventually you get to that point and you drift apart or, you know, whatever happens, happens. And then you can see with hindsight that should have happened many months, years yeah. ago. Most people will have an example like that in their lifetime, which is yep. awesome. Use that as an anchor and then look at the, the people who you're doing that with currently and maybe accelerate that process because look, it's going to happen anyway dragging it out is just going to make it more painful and less likely that once you reach the goal, you're going to be able to rekindle that relationship if you want to. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't serve anybody to drag it out. There's exactly. going to be some kind of 
subconscious resentment going both ways. Exactly. You're going to resent them because you feel like they're holding you back. They might resent you because they don't want to change and you're putting something in their face they don't want to see. And like, it's just, it's about recognizing that at a certain point, it's not a fit anymore. And that's what it is. Yeah. People don't, yeah. don't, people don't necessarily want to be dragged up for yep. whatever reason, but that's their own shit to deal with. You can't coach them into that. You can support them. You can inspire them, but you can't. It's not your responsibility. Them. It's not your that's responsibility at all. It's not your exactly. responsibility. And that's the thing to accept. So that was kind of the personal side. And I want to give a kind of running list here. I do want to share this because it could be helpful for some people. So on the personal side, the thing I tell people to think about is like, what habits do you need to remove that you've accumulated? But again, just from random habits, there weren't intentional habits to get you from here to there. What excuses do you need to eliminate? What we just talked about, what social commitments or people, what behavior of yours or certain character that you exhibit like jealousy, anger, jealousy is a big one. I see it a lot of times, a lot of guys, instead of thinking, oh, these people around me are succeeding. This should be inspiring me. They're like, oh, why can't I do it? Why do they get to do it? You got to let go of that. You got to throw that away and say, okay, these are actually people that can lift me up. I'm happy about it. Thank God I have these people around me. Then we talked about the story, stories that we tell ourselves. We said this on one of the podcasts. We can always justify certain things by telling us these kind of stories. Like, oh, there's more pride in doing it alone. It's a bigger accomplishment. All these kind of nonsense stories. And then finally, again, like that kind of identity or the labels. Like, I'm an introvert. Or I do this. I'm the kind of person who does this. Like you have to always be ready for a state of internal revolution if you want to change and if you want to get the effects of change, the positive effects of it. Those are internal things, the personal level. Then on the business level, you got to figure out what also do I need to let go of? Again, like your business might have been at a certain point where you started, or maybe even a year ago or six months, and it's torpedoed up. So now things have to change with it. That venture or idea that you were going to pursue that you started already pursuing. Forget about that sunk cost fallacy. It doesn't serve you anymore. Where you currently are in your level of your business, that's irrelevant. That product, it might have to go. You got to think about it. That employee as well. Did I hire the wrong employee back then? Or is this employee now in the wrong seat and it needs to be changed? Regardless of the fact that I'm connected with him, that I feel uncomfortable having this conversation, like what's the truth of the situation here? Are certain KPIs, certain goals that really need to be let go of. They're doing this out of ego because, oh, it's hard to let go of this. We've already started that whole sunk cost fallacy stuff. A nice tool for the sunk cost fallacy is to say to yourself, if you know what you know now, would you do what you did then? Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think about it a bit differently. Like if you weren't involved in this right now, if you weren't involved at all, yeah. would you want to start it? Would you want yeah. to take it on your plate? And that's a, a question that's a, it's a very pokey question. I ask myself that sometimes yeah. and I get mad at myself almost <laughs> like I don't, this puts the truth in my face. So obviously, yeah. but I think it's a very powerful one. Yeah. You know, whichever framework works, but if someone externally comes in and says, why is that guy employed there? Yeah. You know, that's a great way of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's step five. Is step five clear? Crystal. Crystal. All right. So now we go into phase six, phase six, how you're saying it, like your goals are going to change. And when you started about talking phase one, this is where they change. This is where you really step into who you are. Because now that we've gotten clear on what you want, we've got an effective mindset, we removed a lot of the emotional clutter that's getting in your way, that's weighing you down. And we also removed any internal and external baggage that you gotta get out of your life. You have to reprocess, be like, wait, wait, who is this person in front of me in the mirror? And what should they be achieving? 
And that's when we go through that kind of a uh, person X and, and there's been another episode, I think episode five or six with Ben McAdam that he talked about it. And there's a great breakdown there if you want to go into, deeper into this, but basically you have to look and assess who am I right now? Honestly, not how do I feel about myself, but who am I right now? What are my current abilities and what should I be looking to achieve both on a personal level and a business level? Like what is my business? Forget about how I might feel as a CEO, my level of competency, my level of confidence, whatever it may be. What is my current business right now? What are the assets that it has its ability? What is the reputation it has? All these things. What should business like that have as its goals? Yeah. I and know. sometimes that forces a lot of this like reality. It's like, oh wow, I have been playing small. Yeah, Sorry, you're saying no, no, you've said this before and it fits here perfectly. Um, if someone else had my exact skill set, mindset, assets, business, blah, 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 whatever. What are they achieving? Could they achieve more? Like, yeah. why am I here? And someone else is here with the exact same everything or even less yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's because they go for it. And I think a lot of times we don't give ourselves permission to go for it. And the point of this, this last pillar is to force you to see reality. What should you be going for? Cause now you are with a toolkit, you know, how to do this is a skill set. You've learned how to do this. This is a skill getting clear on what you want, creating an effective mindset. You learn those skills, getting clear on what blocking, what's blocking you emotionally or mentally there. It's a skill learning how to resolve. That's another skill you picked up. You put in your toolkit, boom. And then finally also learning to remove the things that are getting in your way. So now that you have all those skills, once you can also clarify what you should be doing, because when you assess things logically and like rationally, just black and white, write these things on paper, then you can really say, oh, wow. Okay. I can go to a whole new level. And that's when the cycle starts again, because then you're like, oh, wow, this whole new level, that's the goal. So if that's the goal now, what is my effective mindset I need to be in order to reach that? And if that's what I'm trying to do, what potential mental blocks will I reach here? Will I see here at this height, this will new you, height? Will you uncover what will come up? Exactly. Yeah. And it, you'll probably see that it's the same thing in a different way. It's like, we have a expression here where it's like same lady, different dress. It's kind of like that. It's going to be similar things, but just in a different way, they come out. And you now have a toolkit. If you do this to really become unreasonable and live an unreasonable life and achieve unreasonable things, like this is what I found has helped the most amount of people. And there's a reason this arc exists as well. I think you wanted to bring this up before, before we got on here, we talked about therapy and this, and what's the difference. I think you wanted to bring this up a little bit. Yeah. So I resonate. I, I, I like therapy. Therapy is great. Um, I resonated with this from a achieving things point of view, because it has very distinct steps that you follow, which make logical sense and which drive you in an upward motion. Um, th therapy is, is fluffy. It doesn't necessarily have a goal. You just kind of float and it, ha it has a place. I don't want to poo poo it because I love it, but this is very, very different. This is very yeah. action goal oriented and focused, and it will, uh, it will help you heal things. It will help you level up. It will help with personal development. Um, yep. it is powerful. Yeah. I want to say from a different perspective, I was saying it has a, basically you're saying it has a continuum to it. There's a, a progression to it, if you will. There's a path and a and, progression. Yes. Um, and. The reason that we don't first, and people have asked me this, like, why don't we do first the whole stuff of like getting clear in your mental blocks and, and getting, getting those results. So then you can see more, your goals more clearly and all that. Why don't we do that first? And I'm like, cause then you have a problem. What happens a lot of times in therapy is that people go into their past 
They try to fix things and they do. They sometimes they're able to heal and let go of a lot of things. So basically what happens then is that they remove the foundation of their beliefs in the world and how they operate, what they should be doing, how they should be thinking. And then um, they kind of stare into this abyss. Their whole foundations become very, very shaky because there are no more foundations. They've taken them out. So what we do and the reason we do it in this order is because we want to like basically have pre-built in foundations that you can just slide right in. Once you remove the stuff that's not there anymore and shouldn't be there anymore, you have this new stuff to slide right in. And because it's there, things don't feel shaky. They actually feel really exciting. So instead of like first trying to remove those foundations and then kind of being lost, which a lot of people feel like in therapy, they're like, well, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what to do next. We figure out what to do next ahead of time. I see you rubbing your face. Is there no, that? no, that's, that's just kind of something that's just clicked there. That's super, super interesting because, you know, therapy, I suppose, was developed initially for pathology, for illness. And the goal was yeah. never for people to achieve great things. It was just to get people back mm. to a baseline and just remove some shit. So goals, they didn't care that you were left a bit wandering at the end of it. It's like yeah. when someone has a heart attack in a hospital, you give them aspirin and you throw them out and of course they're wandering they're, they're left wandering because you haven't done anything yeah. you just brought them back to a rough baseline and they're like right next whatever yeah but when you build this around a goal then you have a, like it's like a, a structure for this personal development to happen it has to happen in some shape or form but if you drive it towards a goal it gives you this structure it gives you this concrete reason to do it and, and it accelerates it honestly because you're like, yeah. well, when I fix this, then this happens and I can measure it with this and then I can do the next level and you will, you will heal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So that, that was, that was big. I enjoyed that. Cool. Yeah. It's like, a, I'll say this one of my, uh, Ian, the one that we talked about a couple episodes ago, he said that what he had with therapy in the past that he would look like he would, the therapy would help him look at his past, but he would just get caught staring at it, so to speak. And he didn't know how to move forward. And like, yeah. that's the problem a lot of people have because like what therapy does a lot of times you go into your past and you kind of look at it, but then you're just kind of caught staring. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to move beyond that, how to look beyond that. So what we try to do is preemptively create the foundation of what you look at ahead, what you have to look forward to. Yeah. Just, you can be this person. Let's just get this stuff out of the way. And then you become that person. You just step into it. And that's yeah. really the beauty of it. Yeah. So both therapy and, and the first round of this will create an awareness. Yep. But then not the, the therapy won't necessarily do anything beyond awareness, whereas this will yeah. drive you through the first cycle. And then each time you go again, it's a new goal. It's a new set of blocks. It's a new mindset, but it gets easier because you've practiced it. You've done it once. So this is yeah. something to be done multiple times on repeat because there's constant development. Yeah. Each time it gets easier. There's new problems which come from, you know, what's deep down. But by the time you've done this 10 times and hammered the same insecurity. Yeah. Gone. I was going to say it, it's, it's, I think it's the same problems that manifest in different ways. That, that, that's what I mean. Problems. Yeah. But once you hit it 10 times on 10 different cycles, you've really got down to the root cause, not just in a, yeah. Oh, I really know what happened to me, but I really know what happened to me. I identified what I needed to do day to day to fix it. And through getting countless reps in, I'm now it's maybe it's still there. Maybe it's healed, but it's not affecting me anymore. I'm still achieving higher and higher yeah. things. Yeah. The, the, the word you said there, the biggest thing is not affecting. Me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like people talk a lot of times, like I have this, this mental wall that I feel like I'm hitting. Like what you do is you turn that wall into a tiny little bump along the road that at first you feel. And the more you go up and up, you're like, Oh, I, I know that bump is there. Okay. That's cool. No worries. Yeah. All good. Until it just becomes an ornament that you just, yeah, yeah it exists, but yeah. it's okay. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. That was, that was, that reached the that was a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a big one.
So I want to leave this on a bit of a different note because like we've given you the tools right now and I want to go back to where we started, to the whole unreasonable part. Because I think it's a really big thing. Like I do not like it when people call me unreasonable. I used to really get angered by it. But now I've kind of been able to be at peace with it. Because like, okay, I recognize that's their stuff. It doesn't mean that I have to question myself. And the question I would love to leave the audience with is what are you afraid to do just because people tell you it's unreasonable? And when are you going to stop letting their stuff interrupt the truth of what you really want? If you can answer that, it's probably going to be the time to drive yourself into some action. Fair. I have nothing to add. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and we will see you on the next one. Thank you so much, guys. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations. Go big and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought-provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.